welcome to The Process, a podcast about creative people and their creative process. I'm Kevin Hugerworth. I'm John Lee. And so, John's birthday was yesterday, but it, was yesterday. it doesn't matter it how doesn't old are matter. you. It doesn't matter. 30. That's not true. You seem sad. You seem <laughs> I'm, crabby. I'm 25. <laughs> it's so young. You have so, many, so much life ahead of you, it John. It is before 10 a.m., so oh, yeah. I'm tired. Wait. Yeah, me too. Anyway, so stand up. Stand up. I just workshop. I, every time I workshop something with John and Lee, they just look at me like, all right. <laughs> like, just get on stage, asshole. Like, uh, these are just premises. They're just premises. They're not. They're not yeah, but okay. I need. I need and this I need is my t- thing is I hate writing punchlines because it's like, I just hate punchlines. Like, I, I get it. I get that that's what stand up mostly is. But I'm also like, that's where I can see, like, that's when the writing style of a comedian breaks down to me is I can see all this build up and then. Oh, they came up with something that was clever. All right, fuck off. I, I, yeah, that's like, I want to write a song, but I don't want to write the verse or the chorus. Yeah, like, non-conventional <laughs> song structures. That's why a lot of pop music gets boring is because it's just repetitive. And then It can be non-conventional. It can but be. It, I mean, it can be non-conventional, but it still needs a punchline. Like I don't know. That's I, I like a series of non-sequiturs that eventually yeah. make you so uncomfortable, you start you to give, laugh. Give me, give me one example of uh, someone who does that. You can't put me on the spot. <laughs> To do comedy? That's not... No, no, no. Of, of someone else who does that. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm a revolutionary. It's unprecedented. I'm a okay. re- revolutionary, John. I'm an improviser doing stand-up. It's unheard of. All right. I'll, Improvisers me- and stand-up comedians, different different breeds of yeah, humans. Yeah, that's true. And I'm both. You're both. <laughs> I was bred to be both. Let me give you an example of a perfect joke. They say you shouldn't have too much salt. It's not good for you. No, well, what's the joke? That's not it. They say you shouldn't have That's too much. They say you shouldn't have too much sodium. It's not good for you. But take that with a grain of salt. You can have a little bit. <laughs> See, look at me. That's a perfect was, joke. That's no, a perfect joke. No, because I can the see premise, that that's, it's, punchlines feel that, insincere. By the way, that, that was a Levi Freeman original, right? <laughs> <laughs> if Levi had said that, it'd be funny. But I messed I it up. I want to like because he listens to the show. Okay, all right, Levi, all right. I want you to know. I did think it was funny, but I'm trying to prove a point to John by not laughing. How about this one? My friend asked me if I ever put an orange slice in a beer. And I said, mm, maybe once in a blue moon. Yeah, that's good. That's, 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 that's pretty that's, good. That was a James Miller All original. Right. That's right. two perfect jokes set up punchline. Right. But that's not me. The end. That's not me. I, I don't like doing a... I like asking people if they like plants. <laughs> There's no punchline there. That's just fun. <laughs> that's engaging fun? and honest, John. I'm asking about yeah, plants. Crowd work what, is are you, what are you asking? That's not crowd work. That's, that's a joke. That's, are you going to engage with people? <laughs> I feel like if you engage with the people, what's crowd work? No, I don't know. All right. Well, I don't like engaging. At least, at least, I don't like engaging with as, people. As long as you're honest on stage. <laughs> I'm co- like, you're, you're talking about how you water down your body wash. That's that's honest. That is honest. People will like that. Yeah, that's why I'm smelly. Right. They they want to know why you're smelly. <laughs> it's vulnerable. Make yourself vulnerable, in my opinion. Yeah, we'll see you next week. <laughs> at an open mic we're going you on can tour. do that yeah. me and John how was your birthday John? it was good and went to Boundary Bay for dinner that's that's it too close awesome. I no, feel like I, I want to get yeah. outside of that like vicinity no I love Boundary Bay I don't care that's why I moved right next to the, <laughs> yeah, the apartment Boundary Bay that's right Bay. you worked there why yeah. did you stop working yeah. there? 
Um, because I got full time at Verizon. Um, okay. Pays way better than I see. Foundry. That makes sense. Um, what else? And then friends came over and played board games. I didn't come yeah. over, John. I yeah. I didn't come over and play That's, board uh, games. Close friends came over. Uh, we, yeah. All right, <laughs> you, okay. you set right. me up. See, so you set me up. And I, I came in with the punchline. Was that a punchline or was that just honesty? <laughs> I, was, I made myself vulnerable. <laughs> you came in for the kill. That's not a punchline. That's just honest human it interaction. It was a good roast. It was a good roast. <laughs> We had cupcakes and it was great. You know oh. who doesn't? You know who doesn't like board games? Lee just, Cox. Yeah, Lee Cox. Yeah, yeah. Just, it seems like, it's surprising because yeah. he likes Dungeons. He and likes Dungeons and Dragons. And I like, just like I don't I, I don't find value in them. And I'm just like <laughs> I mean they're board games like they're just for yeah. fun. And he's just like everything needs to have the same value as a protein shake. He didn't say that. <laughs> I don't see the value of fun. <laughs> That's why Kevin's comedy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> who do we got today? Chris Glissy. Finally. He was in uh, my Ru- the Rust Bucket show we talked about on the show. He's an he, improviser. He's an improviser. He's a dead parrot. He uh, was in Wander Lost uh, for a while. Uh, he is in a play that I think just wrapped up, but it's doing another run. Um, yeah, it's doing no, another yeah, it's run doing at another the end run. of the month. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the month. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, he's, he's an actor. He's a... Overall. Just like cool a, a, theater, a theater boy. Theater dude. <laughs> Let's get into uh, it. Yeah, we had a good time. I want to keep doing this. I don't want to go to work. All right. All right, but I guess more premises. John doesn't want to hear me talk, <laughs> <laughs> and we joined them in a conversation already in progress. I might right. have told him we'd be in San Jose without knowing if we were right. actually yeah. going to do it. Yeah. And then you asked me, you're like, I already told him we're going to be in San Jose, so oh my we got a road trip down to San Jose. Yeah. What a big win, though, yeah, for you. Yeah, it was cool. It's our biggest guest, and now and now, yeah. was, and now yeah. I am. And also Chris really Q. Stooping. No, I'm very, I'm very excited to have you That's here. Yeah, you're an actor. You're we've an ta- improviser. We've talked about you on the show before because we mentioned Russ Bucket. We, we, that happened while we had the podcast, like while we had the oh, process. Oh, yeah. That was like towards the beginning, right? Tell us yeah. about Russ Bucket. So uh, long ago. Yeah, it was a long yeah. time ago, but I was, how, what were the origins? The origins were I wanted to produce a show, uh, an improv show specifically, yeah. and I didn't want a huge cast <clears throat> of people. I wanted like a small cast. So I was thinking like three or four people. Mm-hmm. Um, why, and, why is that better? Or is it? Or is it better? Or well, just... I mean, logistically, the scheduling is easier. <laughs> um, but Number I also, one reason. I don't know. Like uh, in college, uh, we did a duo show once where it was just me and Jake Ferg, and uh, like that was the best set I think I ever did. Yeah, college Western Dead Parents, right? Yeah, the Dead okay, Parents. Cool, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah, um, we did a, an all duo show, and Jake and I got paired up by chance, and we did a show, and I remember the set so much, like so specifically. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh, and I just like, I remember that the whole scene was that I couldn't sit down. I couldn't move <laughs> because I was going to run a marathon, but I had overslept and missed it. And so I, to make up for it, I said I couldn't sit down so that I was on a marathon of standing. Um, and that was the whole scene. It sounds it great. Funny. Yeah, right. yeah, I was going to say, it's secondhand improv. Yeah, when you sounds, like explain uh, improv, someone was like, guys, hey. this scene was so good. Yeah, like anytime like, you explain improv, it just sounds like yeah. a bad play. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like, like, it's like, like yeah. most of the time, that's what it is. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, they're like, yeah. that's like we that's went back and wrote uh, a better version, but this <laughs> yeah. one is really good. 
Rust Bucket was really good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I totally feel that. Like, uh, I mean, Rust Bucket is still one of my favorite sets I've ever done. And then the other one was I did a three-person musical with Jake Ferg and Caleb Hepker. Oh, was that um, different? Yeah, okay. and it was like in front of a packed crowd, and we did. That's uh, crazy. That's just we like, did uh, a musical. <laughs> musical like. It was called Tractor Farm. The trust is, really has to be there for two, yeah. three-person shows. Do you ever do like yeah. a musical? No, I no? never would. Oh my, like that stuff terrifies me. Like when I'm in the audience, I'm nervous for yeah. the performers when they're doing musicals because I feel like when the music starts, there's always like a really talented piano player, and they all, <laughs> everyone just sort of like kind of tiptoes on stage and they're yeah. looking at each other and they're yeah. like, there's this energy of like, we're not ready. Like, <laughs> like oh, like, yeah. like, I can't sing. Like, no, I don't yeah. like, it, yeah. It's because like, Improv shows themselves are so dependent on like the the pre-show energy anyway, and so right. it's like I mean all performances, right. and so it's like musicals are so rattling that if like that is amplified times ten, like if there was something exactly. going on in the green room or something, and you now you have to sing right. and be like, <laughs> like upbeat, positive. Like, I just got melodies. in a fucking fight <laughs> right yeah. stage. Yeah. I'm gonna go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd say like Rust Bucket was one of those things where. It, it, it ended up being exactly what I wanted, which right. was just like, let's just like have these three guys go on stage and like, just be fucking real with each other. Yeah. That was awesome. Like, yeah. Cause it was, and that was what it ended up, you know, we developed this format and I had an idea of it, right. but like, I'd say like that we developed it together and it ended up being like, we were in a car, just <laughs> versions of ourselves talking. That's the best part. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. versions of yourself. Like, we weren't it, being characters. We were just, like, right. Chris on a specific day right. and Kevin on a yeah, specific yeah. day. Yeah. Well, and in the first Rust Bucket, uh, the one you were at, like, it ended with the car. I think we drove it into... It was you. Yeah. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. It was yeah. Yeah. We were trying to, like, rescue some animals by driving into the zoo. That was, shit. It was such a, like, I great just remember that. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, awesome. I, I think great. when there's like less people, it's easier to connect for me because like when there's like a huge group, it's like, okay, I got to like, you know, make sure that we're connecting and like we're right, connecting. Yeah. And like, like the thing is before the first rust bucket, uh, I had like the, one of the worst experiences of my life where there's, you know, uh, I won't say who, <laughs> but this girl I really liked at the time. Oh like, yeah. Uh, man. Just like true fans of the show. I mean, okay, the, 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 <laughs> they, real, they know. the real event was like someone died in a restaurant right next to us and like cho like choked, turned blue, and like the cops came in and like moved us, and then a bunch of us ended up fighting because of this one person, and All then right. we had to go and do a rust bucket show. And I remember before the God, show, just yeah. like being in like the back room with uh, Chris and Jake, and just being like, "Hey guys, like." I don't feel good. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm here to do a show. I am excited to be here. But, man, I just got to let you know, like, I am not in a good headspace. I don't remember that at all. Well, I, did you tell yeah. us that? Yeah, I did. Oh I, and, and, like, saying that made it, like, okay. And, well, yeah, and, and, like, you yeah. guys were supportive. And then you were just like, yeah, let's just have fun, man. Like, let's just, like, Oh, yeah, I do. Time. I do remember that. <laughs> and the energy was, of just, like, let's fucking just yeah. <laughs> use this. Let's totally, use yeah. it. Yeah. And, and I think that that's a lot harder to do the bigger the that's true. Gets. But when there's like three people, you can just be real with each other and it doesn't like bring down the energy. Yeah. It just makes it like, like you're able to be vulnerable with each other. I think that that's right. really what makes it so, especially in improv, like that's what makes it so powerful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The bigger the cast, the easier it is to get that like bad green room juju. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If someone just comes in and they're like brooding and everyone's just like, yikes. Like, and they just sort of just, uh, like I remember being in a satellite show and like a certain member just walked in just like with headphones on and just like, <laughs> 
<laughs> like just like slump and just like he's oh, like no one talked to me but also <laughs> ask me what's wrong like one of those and we're just like ah like a, and then like all like the bantering that happens in the green room just sort of stopped and everyone was like oh, checking twitter all of a sudden or like and it just ruined the show like that oh, yeah no. with bigger cast like that's the worst yeah that's so sucks yeah. it's kind of a shitty part of improv though I do yeah. it's just like that there is this outside element that's not on stage where you have to be like likable and popular with mm-hmm. your yeah, yeah, scene. yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. at least with the people you're on stage with, right? Because I just it's kind of bullshit, but like it's it is like part of the art form where you just like you can't you can't walk into a room and be shitty to a person, and right? Expect mm-hmm. them to back you up on stage, right? Well, and there's you know? there's like something about compatibility, and I'm, I'm saying this, I'm looking at a poster of Pokemon Conquest, and I've used this as a metaphor for relationships, and I'm about to use it as a metaphor. <laughs> I, I've never heard this, I'm, I'm about to really? use it as a metaphor. <laughs> For uh, um, for improv, <laughs> for improv, yeah. connecting on stage. So in Pokemon Conquest, it's a, a, a I'm trying. There, God, I gotta think about how much to leave out. I have not honestly heard about this game. It's not a game that anybody has heard about except for you know diehard Pokemon fans. I, mean, I played it's, Pokemon Ranger. Now this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like one of those kind of spinoffs. Okay. Um, but it's like a, 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 a combination of like a Japanese tactical RPG that never made it over to the US Whoa. and they mash that up with Pokemon and it's like really cool. And so the way they do it is you get these warriors, these ancient warriors, and they, they like, mer- like they, they basically connect with Pokemon. Like they find these Pokemon and they have a certain potential and a hun- hundred out of a hundred is like maximum potential, maximum like friendship connection level and okay. your Pokemon's going to be the strongest. Some warriors, you'll find like a Caterpie and you know, you know maybe you only have a complete potential of a total of 50 and so like you can max out that potential and have 50 out of 50 but Uh man you were never meant to have the best connection with the Caterpie you know you can have the best relationship possible with that fucking Caterpie but you can never be 100 out of 100 so you gotta keep looking for that Pokemon that you can get to 100 out of 100 with and maybe when you meet that Pokemon you're at 30 out of 100 so it seems like the Mm. 50 out of 50 is the better deal but it's not because you can get that 30 out of 100 to 100 out of 100 Mm. and that's so anyway (laughs) Well, that's really, that's, I found that really interesting. First of all, I do take offense because I do think that I am the Caterpie in the story. Um, the second thing is, I do actually think that's, that's that. fucking real, though. Like, yeah. with people in general, very adept analysis, Pokemon. Right. Like, yeah, it's like, it's actually affected how I think about the world. And, like, it's, it's funny, but it's serious. Although it's silly to think that you could, you know, have that analysis Right off the bat, to be like, right, I right, have right. this potential. <laughs> right, this it's, it's invisible, invisible There's a numbers. There's episode right. about that. But, oh, yeah. I, uh, I mean, how is that different than, like, like, you were saying, like, oh, I have to be likable with all my improv cast members. Like, is that different from? Because you're, you're also a stage actor. Is that can you like be shitty to your other cast members and get away no, with it more? Not necessarily. I just think I'm, I think I'm sort of thinking right before you go on stage. I see. Like they're like. There's so much rehearsal time in like a show, like right. a play, right? Where you're building your relationships with those people, just like you would in improv rehearsal. Uh-huh. But then there's this like culture where you can go into the dressing room and right. just be in your own world, uh, right? Oh, and I then see. just step you don't on have stage. to be like, yeah. I see. I see. Yeah. you don't with have people. to like warm yeah. the fuck up with people, right? Which, yeah, like is good and bad. I think there's yeah. like pros and cons to both. I know that uh, so there are some like theater majors, current theater majors that listen to the show. And you majored in theater. Uh, when did you graduate? Uh, 2011. I think 2011? Same, same time you did, right? 20, 20, you graduated, no, from, 
from, oh, from, from, from <laughs> I was like, from how college. old are you? I was like, I was hanging around the school for four years. <laughs> I got you in high school in 2011, <laughs> and then I misunderstood your question in 2018. Uh, I graduated in spring 2015. 2015, yeah. okay. So, like, how did the Western theater program inform... Your, your acting now does it does it inform your acting now? Or in, I like, guess yeah. we like we've only alluded really to what you're doing now. Like sure. So talk about like what you're currently no, doing. I want them to work for. It. Yeah. <laughs> like, like give us give us the context really and stuff. But, but shit. also I, uh, I want to know like what you're just yeah. like what you're working on now and like yeah. what you're yeah yeah. Um. Well, so I would say first and foremost that yes, it has affected right. my acting process. Right. And like my directing process. And right. Like, Western definitely like prepped me in a lot of ways. Um, but it also didn't prep me in a lot of ways. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, was, there's a mix of all like, <laughs> Hey, just forget everything yeah. you learned. And then there's also side of like, well, there are some things to take yeah. away. Like when I just think it's like, it's what, it's whatever works for you. And it always right. has been that. And it's right. like, you try to formulate what, like, I think what I was trying to do in college was like, figure out what the true way is. <laughs> and, and really all you can do is figure out what the best way for you is. Yeah. And like, and so that's, I've kind of, I've, well, I've tried, I won't say I have, but uh -huh. I've tried to stop having opinions about like other people's process and mm -hmm, like right. being at process. process. <laughs> uh, so that's why I haven't listened to the show. <laughs> well, hey, how are you going to learn more about your process if, if, you I don't, if you don't listen to other right. people's process? You're absolutely right, Kevin. <laughs> Maybe um, this is why you're nothing. <laughs> also accurate. <laughs> no, that was supposed to be a joke. You like looked at me like with like just like kind of like half serious. Thanks. Like, oh, Thanks. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's truth to that. Uh, no, what I'm doing now is, uh, so after I graduated, I moved to Seattle with like a group of friends and we were doing like ensemble based theater or really trying to, uh, some successes, some Man, that's failures. just, that's, 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 just that term ensemble based theater <laughs> yeah. is just like, yeah. whoa, there's like, a huge stigma yeah, around it yeah. and I totally fucking understand. Right. There's just a lot of just, I don't even know, just, I, shit show is just like such a negative term but like well, it, 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 it's just like a storm of like yeah ah. well it's it's also like i mean it's just like improv it's just like any other thing where you have a certain amount of pretension right. around it sure um i think i say ensemble based because everything we did we did as a group uh -huh. um yeah. How, how big is this ensemble? Yeah. Well, like seven, so eight people? So at the people? most, I think we were 10. Okay. But that, that like, at least seven at any point. Okay. Um, and then I left them in March of last year, 2017. Right. Um, and since then, have been just kind of going out on my own. The, I kind of ask, like, how do, how does an ensemble performance group how, how do they get anything done i mean like it's just That's like a really good question you know what John. i mean like it's just like just like 10 creative people yeah. just being like here are all my ideas like well um there was like a structure there okay. was a structure to it like there was an artistic director and a managing director uh -huh. and a technical director and they were sure. like the three heads of the group okay so you know, when it came time, they had decision-making power. So right. It was like a Game of Thrones situation. A little bit. I'm saying that uh, about everything now because I just watched all of Game of Thrones. <laughs> and so everything where there's well, like any sort of it, conflict. John. We have to wait like, another year to see <laughs> right. what really right. happens. Right. 
Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it was. I mean, it wasn't a perfect model, right. and part of, like that is part of the reason why I ended up not sticking around. Right, I mean, it, it, um, it's tough because like I feel like in situations like that, like in any like type of theater where it's an improv theater or whatever, or it's like, oh, the people with like the best creative ideas, we're going to give them like management power, even mm-hmm, though they're mm-hmm. not equipped with like skills to be a ma- like skills to be a manager. And yeah. then there's all of a sudden they're in the position where it's like, oh, I got to be like a business. I was like, I don't have, I don't know what that is. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's tough yeah. for well, and the, all and parties. The, the boundaries change too is, is one thing I've noticed is that like, you know, you get people who are just like part of the creative like cast or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they, they get put in like these management positions and I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It gets like, it gets messy because you gotta like yeah. now. It's so messy. You're just right. like no longer just buds. Like yeah. you gotta change your entire well, that's dynamic. The thing too is like we would have rehearsals in our fucking living room, right? And then it would be like, all right, rehearsals over, but no one would leave. We would just continue <laughs> hanging out. And so like, so like, there's like zero actual physical transition from rehearsal to hangout. Yeah, and, and right. That further muddies the line. And so right. like, honestly, like. There, there were hardly any boundaries, and like yeah. you'd be in rehearsal, and you're like, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk to you as a professional or we're, as my friend right now. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah. Sucks. It, yeah. And like, it sounds like the kind of thing where it's like it's a very personal project. So I'm sure everyone mm-hmm. was like, who's who's investing in it feels like it's their baby too. And it, right. well, the weird thing is that there was a pressure. To, yeah. to feel that way. Okay, interesting. Oh, it's like, interesting. we're like, all right, because right, we're, okay. we're ensemble based, right? right? So right, it's right. Like, like, oh, we all have to like, care yeah, of equal yeah. amount. <laughs> we all love this show, guys. We picked this show together. We have to love it. It's like, no, you don't have to fucking love it. You, like, at yeah. this point, I'm just an actor, so I'm just going to act my fucking part and go home. Right. But, like, I can't have that because they're also my friends. So if I go right, home, yeah. I'm living with this right. other person. Oh. <laughs> and I, before I go any further, I should say, that I I lived with Curtis for a year and I think he is a great roommate. Right. I actually no, yeah. really think that. But so, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I actually no, but like he, and like Jess basically lived there too and like I love her to death. Like I it's weird because like I left them as a, I left my professional relationship with these people. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And in turn like my personal relationship almost completely terminated. Like yeah. right. uh, oh, shoot. which sucks. Yeah. But you know, there's this. See, this is the part where I was like, where, like I don't uh, want to shit talk, yeah. but like, because I, because I'm so, burning bridges. I think, <laughs> since I, I, 2016. I think it's important just because, yeah. like, even if like these people listen to this podcast, it's it's just it's good to talk about because yeah. it's like mm-hmm. this taboo of like this shit goes on behind the yeah. scenes. We need yeah. to figure out ways to like fix relationships and friendships in this mm-hmm. kind of context. And I think right. people don't realize how like fucked up right. it can get. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, it's like when. You go to college with your friend from high school, and it's like, let's be roommates, yeah. and then you move in oh, together, shit. and you're like, is that, is that too real? And you're like, oh man, yeah. like we should not have done this, yeah. and it just it muddies everything. It's very yeah. it's very social network. It's just like exploring these new realms and yeah. like being just like being really sure of certain things that like. I have since changed my mind about completely, but also being totally scared of mm-hmm. everything all the time because yeah. you're fresh out of college too. Right. For sure, yeah. Do you uh, think because like everyone in the ensemble, uh, at, what was what was the name of the uh, Wander Wanderlust Laboratory Theater? Was they, the they all name. like yeah. it was. All, they were all like in uh, your you know theater cohort at Western, yeah. right? So do you yeah. think it like it put like horse blinders like creatively, or did you think that you kept like a pretty open mind? when it came to the creative process throughout. It's it's a mixed bag on that. Yeah. I feel that 
because we knew each other so well and we'd seen each other grow up, mm-hmm. you know, artistically and right. like as humans so much, um, there was like a certain amount of candidness we could have where like you couldn't have that elsewhere. Okay. Yeah. And like, but it also meant that our aesthetics, like while differing somewhat, mm-hmm. were overall pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Like the art that we wanted to make and the art that we were making was all pretty similar because we all got trained in the same thing and spent right. so much time together. Totally, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And so in like, sorry, the horse blinders thing makes me f- like, I would say artistically, fuck yes, there was. <laughs> um, like we just like. Meaning like what projects you were drawn to or like do you, or kinda. just how or your your, your acting style? Yeah, um, acting style, definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> and I would say, like, our, our Suzuki training and our sure. compositions, right, those are right. all things that we use to create mm-hmm. and, like, refine and work on material. So, like, a lot of that ended up... I don't want to say that the, the shows looked the same, because we did, like, a show that was kind of almost children's theater, and it was, like, huh. fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I actually think that show was really good. Yeah. Um, children's theater? Yeah, yeah. it was well, a show that, that Jess wrote okay. um, that was, like, a fairy tale, but, like, fucking absurd. It was, like, right. SpongeBob meets this poem called Wink and Blink and a Nod, um, and it was really, really dope. And, <laughs> and then we also would do, like, this show where... This person is like dead is in a liminal space right? and it's like super dark and heavy and like based off composition too. So it's like those two pieces look really different, but I think that someone without the similar training style would come and see a lot of the same, like maybe physical gestures or something like that. Like things that we just accept as like our canon, but are not everybody's canon. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of what Western taught me and that that I sort of like ended up rejecting was like everything has meaning and it's like let's just like fill everything with like a hundred percent meaning. Nothing is ever bad because everything has meaning. And it's just like I don't know, like that's kinda like what it that's like the negative that's like this the jaded thing I took away from from comps, which yeah. is just sort of like can, it's like can we not be wrong here? Like I yeah. feel like there should be like a standard of like because I feel like in in comps, everyone throws around the idea of doing a comedic one. Mm -hmm. I feel like every group's like, oh, let's make ours funny. And then it's like, and then they they end up not doing that because if they make it funny, then they have the potential to fail. Yeah. Because if they don't laugh, then they have that, like, that binary, like, one zero. Like, if no one laughs, then it's a failure. So we're going to make it a dramatic comp. And, like, you can't fail with a dramatic comp because, like... Everything has meaning. Yeah. This, is, this is coming from somebody who knows very little about theater, mm-hmm. um, other than like I guess improv. Right. But uh, I forgot what I was going to say. It was like a big, <laughs> a big is. Uh, <laughs> Wait, give me a second. I'll edit this down. Well, I'll just say that Pokemon I think improv Conquest. is a theater form. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, the lowest form. Yes. Yeah, the form. And then no, theater. Okay, right it was about meaning. It's about like meaning, meaning. I, I think I think it's true that everything can have meaning. I think we uh-huh. need to stop like as creative people like trying to figure out what every bit of meaning is because like I find when I kind of like turn off the part like I think it's good to be like this is what I want this like piece or this thing to do right. like I think that's good to an extent but if you're like okay well, what's this gonna say about this right. and what, like that mm-hmm. kind of seeps in if you're just like an artistic creative person and you're making something all that meaning is gonna seep into your work and I think it like takes away from it to try and be like this all has like to try and like pinpoint what the meaning is like right. that's why this like that's why talking about literature and art and stuff is so interesting is because like you're finding something that maybe no one else has found in the, in this work. Even, right. even the person who made it didn't see this thing that yeah, you're exactly. Yeah. Kind of yeah. 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 Uh, 
Jordan Peele, he said that he like was doing a Q&A for his movie Get Out. And like all these college students were like, and then this scene represented like the system, <laughs> racial system that like does this. And the whole time he just had to be like, yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I meant to do yeah, in that yeah, scene. Yeah. Like he just couldn't like let them down because they were so excited. But about it's, it. like, it's like that could like have very well just come through the piece, like right. without him even being conscious yeah. of it. Or it could have just like been a coincidence that these like or, like these people saw that in this were maybe, yeah. I don't know, right. that's just how we connect to art. It's, it's cool. Yeah. It's why it's a right. cool thing. Right. In my opinion. Yeah, well, it's like it's like that school of thought. School of thought. Fuck me. <laughs> Give me that little pretension. Uh, I no. I had this conversation with my father one time when we were in the car, and it was like one of the first times where I was starting to really have artistic opinions. Uh-huh. And I was trying to like have this conversation with my dad, like arguing that like a piece of art is like half done when the artist finishes. Right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, put yeah, up, yeah. It's put up in a gallery, and right. then everyone's reaction to it is like the second half you right, know? right. And, like, oh. and that every reaction is a valid one. And he right. was trying to say like, no, yeah. <laughs> like my dad, my dad comes from like classical music and like, he comes from like a musical background mm-hmm. and like he, like a lot of that, like classical and he played jazz and stuff. But, um, he, he was trying to argue that like the artist had an intention and that original intention is the correct intention. <laughs> oh, I and see. And I was so, like, but yeah. that just assumes that, like, the artist as creator is, like, 100% like, aware. Yeah, right? like, yeah. Totally. <laughs> No, they're fucking not. Uh, what, like, wh- I don't think we've talked yet about, like, your current, like, what I- you're doing right now. Right now. Yeah. Um, right now, fucking nothing. No, yeah, you don't, you don't have yeah. to. What was your most recent thing, then? The most recent thing I worked on the was... Bucket, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> from the year and a half ago. Uh, no, the most recent thing I worked on was a, a play uh, at Arts West okay. in, uh, in West Seattle. Um, it was my first professional paid nice. performance. That's game. awesome, yeah, dude. Yeah, no. What kind of play dope. was it? Um, it's this... It's an adaptation of Macbeth okay. um, by Jihei Park, and she's a brilliant writer. Um, she she writes it, the this script is like 193 pages, but it runs in 90 minutes. And actually, okay. some nights we were down to like 87. <laughs> and it's crazy. It's like um, like lines can be as little as like one or two words. Okay, that's and, awesome. And it's like it. It's called, um, so it's called Peerless because it's about like these two um, twins who are Asian and live in the Midwest. And like you find out that they like moved to the Midwest for geographical diversity so they could get into a specific college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, like it's all about trying to secure this affirmative action Peerless spot. Peerless, P E E R L E. That's right. Okay. Yeah, not like pearless. No, I was thinking like peer, like P. I-E-R. Oh yeah, like, like peerless, that like, doc has no peers. Peer, yeah. Peerless, okay. Uh, no, like yeah, and, and it's really, really fucking good. It's yeah. probably the, the it's probably the favorite project I've ever worked on. What, that's what, cool. What kind of roles are you? Drawn to. Well, I want to talk. I want yeah. to get. get to, we like just. I kept trying to talk about this the whole well, time. I remember right? that. I remember that. Okay, all right, remember, all right. Hold on, because that matters. Okay, That's important. Matters. Matters. All uh, questions they matter. No, yeah, talk about a little bit more, like about what your role was in this production. And uh, spoil it. Give the whole thing yeah, away. I don't know. Yeah, give us I would a, love give us to. A play so, by play. so the adaptation part of it is that the two twins are supposed to are called M and L for Macbeth and Lady Macbeth. Okay. Oh. Like it doesn't ever explicitly say that. Right. right? You right. just you know. Sure. Sure. Um, 
Um, and I played a character whose name was D. Uh, uh-huh. So you assume he's like King Duncan, mm-hmm. okay. uh, the adaptation Duncan. Okay. Now this cast is only five people. Okay. Oh, um, <clears throat> so it's like pretty crazy. Um, and what happens is like they're fighting for this affirmative action spot. And the first thing that happens in the play is um, that my character gets it. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy because yeah. I'm fucking white. Right. <laughs> As the first thing that happens. The first yeah. thing that happens yeah, is that this yeah. big envelope, right. which is from the from the college, right. falls onto I the stage yeah. and I pick yeah. it up and I'm like, yeah! <laughs> and then you see them like, can you did you hear? And it's right. like, fuck, he got yeah. in. Randy got like, what was, what's uh, D, 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 right? Yeah. D, yeah. <laughs> and it's so crazy because I'm um what ha- what you find out is that um, my character is one uh, sixteenth Native American. Okay, he finds out after seventeen years of living his life that right. he's one sixteenth Native American, mm-hmm. and then he uses that to basically get an affirmative action right. spot. Now he's <laughs> oh, he's like a lovable guy. <laughs> right. He's like very well intentioned. Yeah, yeah. He like has had like suicidal like thoughts and tried to kill himself, and like has this whole trajectory of like. Uh, I, I don't know if you'd call it depression. I think yes. Okay. But it's like this whole thing. It's very complicated. So he's not like your base villain. You right. like really identify with him right. as a person. Kind of like a Zuko, Prince Zuko type. Kind of villain, but not yeah. angry. Like I'm <laughs> right. so whoa, like whoa. This is gonna blow down. All right. This is right. okay. Wow, the Avatar just, uh, heard yeah. us. Yeah, I was gonna say what was that? It's really windy outside. The okay. Avatar. The Avatar. You. <laughs> Uh, okay. So he's not, he's not, he's not your, no, he's yeah. not like your type A no, villain. No, like he comes on the, like the big scene that I'm in is like called hoop coming mm-hmm. and it's like the homecoming dance essentially. <laughs> God damn it. And like, and I'm like, Hey, I'm like really nervous. And right. it's like, you just, you think he's like this lovable kid, but you find out that like for 17 years of his life, he's been living as like this white guy and mm-hmm. receiving right. all the benefits <laughs> Of being a white guy. Right. And like his family's poor, but like uh-huh. he is still a white male in America yeah, and receiving yeah. all of that fucking benefit. Right. And then on top of that, he finds out he's Native American. <laughs> yeah. And uh-huh. so then he gets the benefit of that. Oh, right. He's getting oh, the he's getting the, the, the both sides. Yeah. Like he's yeah. getting the reparation for a thing that he's not suffering right. from. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so, so that's what makes him so problematic. Gotcha, and so like, gotcha. like he's the Duncan, uh, so they right. kill him. Like okay. he has this extreme allergy to tree nuts, and they like basically they the lightest way to yeah, die. The lightest way to die. And so he eats this like cookie with walnuts in it. I can't even. No hazelnuts. Uh, and he fucking dies. They leave. They he's like showing them the epipen, but he's right. like too scared to do it himself. Whoa. So he's like dying, like and he's like, "Can you help me?" And they're like. Die no. and like they Whoa. leave him and he dies. That's it's cool. crazy. Yeah, it's such it. a good play. Um, and, but the reason are we, that are we I, happy to see him die? No, it's no. I I was told by many. I know it's it's a weird thing because yes and no. Right. Like yes, like death to the fucking patriarchy. Right. Right. But he's like on an individual level. It's really sad to see right. like <clears throat> this like kid who's really nice just fucking die yeah yeah you know uh and like you see it happen on stage and like i obviously was in the body happening so i don't know what it looked like right sure sure. but like for family members it was upsetting to Uh watch me do right you know and um but the the reason i talk about all this is that it's like 
these are the rules that I'm really drawn to. Right. Yeah. Like, okay. yeah. The ideas of like coming on the stage and not just being like another character, not being a character, like being a character that is actively like dismantling or disrupting a white supremacist patriarchy, like right. things that are talking about those things. Um, because like, it's hard to like go and take up space in yeah. a play right. as like a white guy, like right. knowing the problems that are happening in our country and mm-hmm. our world. Right. It's like, it's very problematic to even just have a role because right. like someone else could take that. Yeah. But, right, but right. to have a part that is like being a white guy and kind of being the white supremacy on the stage right. and like being a part of disrupting that. That's yeah, the right. kind of shit that I want to be doing. And it's still like a three dimensional character. It's yeah. not just like, here's this white villain. Like it's exactly. like at, at, yeah. at first on the play, it's like, Oh, he's like a white kid who gets into the school. Yeah. And then like, then you meet him. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then like, like he's three dimensional. So like it twists and he's like, well, he's actually a kid from Iowa or whatever. Like yeah. who suffers from depression. Like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's really cool. My brother oh, and I like oh my god I like I have this oxygen tank and she and like this is joke where she's like oxygen doesn't burn idiot like right you know and and then I'm like good thing it's not oxygen I like filled my oxygen tank with propane filled the house with it and then lit a match and like that's pretty much oh. the end of the play I like oh my god I like blow the house up <laughs> it's Whoa. fucking cool you guys <laughs> I I'm like right. still gotta, really jazzed about the show oh yeah before we start. I want to capture the flushing on audio. All right. Can we do that? Yeah. You going just going right there? Oh, I guess. I'm just gonna sing a little song. Okay. Is that cool? (laughs) Yeah. Do whatever you want to do. (sighs) (laughs) 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 Kevin. Uh, Kevin. (laughs) No, you can't laugh. You can't laugh. Okay. Okay. This is for you. Okay. Ready? All right. Kevin, oh, Kevin, Avatar, Avatar, Kevin, <laughs> Pokemon Conquest, the Kevin, Avatar, Pokemon Conquest, the Kevin, 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 Kevin. And that's the best song yeah, I've ever written. That's our new intro song for the show. <laughs> and John. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> I feel very caffeinated right now. Me too. It's really nice. I'm, like, sweating it out, too. Yeah, I'm no, like... My, like, face is so warm. And I'm like, mm, like, the you know when you're, like, the back of your neck is super warm? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I have right now. Okay, right. I'm just like, mm. <laughs> but I want to wear a sweater and I don't, I forgot one. So guess fuck me, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> we recorded a new intro for the show <clears throat> while you were gone. Oh, really? It's really good. <laughs> You'll have to wait till the episode comes good. out to hear yeah. it. <laughs> Did you oh, notice sorry, that I'm going bald? 
No. All right. Whoa. I didn't. You didn't put, move your head down until yeah. now. I've got a bald spot. Look. <laughs> I see. And it's like it's happening now, like here too. So I'm going to commit that, and just. I'm going to have that weird fluff right here, <laughs> and it's going to be like canyons here. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay, awesome. right now, awesome. like you're you're transitioning well. I think it looks really good. Yeah, but I'm 25, so oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of shitty. <laughs> let's 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 bring things down. Yeah, yeah. Let's bring it down. All right, Chris. NPR. Um, NPR. We kind of touched on some heavy stuff in the last act, mm-hmm. so I think this is good. <laughs> <laughs> let's just move on to <laughs> act three. Oh yeah, oh, where do we? Uh, we usually start. Yeah, I usually start. So. Uh, where were you born? I was born in Anaheim Hills, California. Is oh, that really? near Anaheim? Like yeah, regular it's, Anaheim? it's literally just like the white <laughs> suburb part of okay. Anaheim. So did you go to Disneyland all the time? Um, I only lived there till I was like three, actually not even quite three. Oh, okay. okay. So I did because my grandma was the Disney bank manager. And my Whoa, dad, yeah. claim to fame, claim to fame, cool. motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. um, my dad was a security guard at Disneyland, yeah. and my uncle That's was so a costume cool. character. So That's like, awesome. we were very tied to Disney, Just and we went Hollywood all the family. time. Yeah, um, but my brother, who's six years older than me, um, because he was born in Pasadena, uh-huh. and we lived like all around Orange County. Uh, we moved a lot because like we weren't rich we were very poor and like uh or i shouldn't say very like working class sure and um so he remembers a lot more of disneyland than i do but i do remember it so you so when you were four you moved up here in bellingham or three uh to uh everett or it's it's weird it's like we moved in with some family in like bothell area Okay. okay and then to like everett and that's really where i grew up like once i hit kindergarten we stayed in the same school district. Gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. So, and so when you're when you were growing up, was like the, like when when did you know you wanted to start act be an actor? Like Ooh. was that was that it's like were you in a very like creative household? Like because I know your dad. You said your dad's a musician. Yeah. Like they all worked in Disneyland. <laughs> like there's <laughs> so got to be some sort of yeah. Oh, quick quick side note. This is something I'm so proud of. Yeah, <laughs> my uncle who's a costume character. He played right. Goofy and Donald Duck. Okay, that's awesome. And he is. I'm told this right. may be totally bullshit, but. <laughs> Yeah, I'm told that he is the reason that two rules exist for costume characters. Whoa. One is um, he is the reason that costume characters are not allowed to ride rides uh-huh. because of he apparently was as goofy going on Thunder Mountain Railroad all the time. And uh, I'm also told that he is the reason that costume characters are not allowed to climb trees <laughs> because apparently he did that. Yeah, but like, um, was great. there like a a story where he like just hurt himself or I don't know I just think he was like Donald and he would climb shit and they'd be like don't (laughs) (laughs) now it's a rule now we have to there's no rule (laughs) we thought this was common sense (laughs) anyway sorry but that that's my little claim to fame. Uh, I mean, if he was so, one of like the chipmunks, like maybe. You yeah, maybe. Him. Yeah, I, I think at, at times he was Dale or Chip. I no, never know right, which yeah. one is which. Yeah, he <laughs> they're just so committing. Con- just committing they're so to the character. Conflatable. Dale is the stupid looking one. Yeah, Dale's a fucking <laughs> dumb one. Chip is the reason <laughs> they're famous. He's a homie. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't. I didn't really get interested in like performing, like acting, right. until high school, until freshman year of high school. Right. Um, and then it was like my high school drama program, which was like severely underfunded and very like pretty small. So it was like, we just did the shows that the one drama teacher knew about. And she wasn't a drama major in college or anything. She like was the, she was like the newspaper editor teacher for a while. And then like, so like, 
didn't really have any sort of big program I was a part of until I came to Western. Right. And obviously that's not a huge prog- program either, but, right. um, but I mean like how did, uh, the way your parents raised you and it's just you and your brother, right? Uh, yes and no. So, yes and no. so, uh, this is the like quick timeline. Um, we moved up here when I was not quite three. Okay. By the time I was four, my parents got divorced. Okay. And then it was my brother and I living with my mom, um, and seeing our dad like every other weekend. Uh-huh. Um, and then, uh, like that, my mom got remarried by the time I was like five. Um, my dad got remarried by the time I was like eight. Um, but then they both have had divorces since then. Now my mom is in her third marriage. Gotcha. Um, so like there have been step siblings too. Right. Um, but now my mom has been married for like over 10 years. Uh-huh. So, okay. uh, to my second stepdad, uh, her third marriage. And so like, I have a stepbrother who's six months older than me, who like is just my brother. Right. Yeah. Um, and a step sister who's like, also, I guess like, my stepbrother's half sister. So I guess I'm not technically related to her except for like <laughs> legally, but she's my sister too. Right, she's yeah. like seven years older than me. Okay. So it's like, I have like these like units, but the most consistent family unit right. would have been like me and my brother and my mom. Right. I mean, um, I mean, like going yeah. back to like, I know we just talked about like, not everything has to have meaning, but like, <laughs> like does, God, did, does that, like, well, we, I don't, I don't that, know like, if we concluded that. We, I mean, we opened like, it, we opened it I'm up saying, for like, discussion. I, you don't need to have, like, an important answer right, to this, right, right. but, like, did that, how did that inform, like, you wanting to be on stage or being an actor, or did it? Even yeah, all? I mean, I think like, the biggest thing was being the youngest was probably the yeah. thing that, because oh, I just wanted attention. John loves that shit. Yeah. I love sibling Sibling shit? Yeah. yeah. All all right, right, let's, oh, that's never. It's almost never relevant. Episode one of the process, everybody. This is episode one. Instead of it, it's just he only ever Reboot. wants it to be like, okay, the youngest one is the creative in the family. Yeah. And the I'm the oldest. And, and, I'm the oldest yep, in my family, yep, so we yeah. have a host that's a counterexample. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so you're the youngest. You're the youngest. Yeah, that's the I would most say blood. music was like more prevalent in the family because uh-huh. my brother played trombone and I ended up playing trombone for like 10 years uh-huh. and or like 11 years or something. Right. And um, I also played like viola. So like music was really strong. Right. Like we both started playing instruments really young mm-hmm. and my mom was like a singer. So she told me that the, the best instrument she could play was tambourine. Right. So <laughs> I think she's a singer. Uh, and then, yeah. And then like I hit high school and I realized that like music is awesome but I think I like acting and like theater more. Right. Cool. Um, and I think that's when I started to like develop my sense of like, well, it's like storytelling. Sure. Sure. I think I was doing like my brother and I used to like play with Legos a lot. Like that was our fucking <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> Legos. And like, we also do what, a lot what of are, sword What fighting. are Legos? <laughs> what are like, get the fuck out of here. Are they like Lincoln Logs? Oh, are those like the, the block things? Uh, uh, mega blocks. Mega yeah. blocks. Yeah, like oh, mega yeah. blocks, right? Worse though, right? God, <laughs> is that, is that, how is that like the Lego movie? Is that? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, so we we did like a lot and we would we were the kind of like people that would we I loved Star Wars so much. Right. I still do. You can't talk shit about Star Wars right. about like around me. <laughs> I, I, I really I, get let's well, talk about it in Act Three because I want to talk yeah. about the new one because I yeah. love it. Yes. Uh, anyways, okay, great. Right. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> so we would like we would get a bunch of different Lego sets and like amalgamate them, like create new things with a bunch of different elements and like 
And once my mom got a digital camera, we would do little <laughs> short films yeah. right, of Legos. Yeah, and yeah, like awesome. that was like my first, I think, venture into storytelling. And then like in high school, it just kind of took off. Yeah. Uh, cool. I just, I just want to talk about Star Wars, but <laughs> we <laughs> have another <laughs> act dedicated yes, only to, to Star media. Wars. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then so you came to Western and uh, was there, I mean, what, what kind of drama kid were you in high school? Mm. Like, were you like, I don't know. I feel like there's, there's different like factions. Well, no, of, there is. Yeah. Did, it, did it like dominate your life? Was like that your thing? Yeah, was like, like I'm Chris or, the drama was it like, kid. Yeah. This is like my hobby, but it's not, it doesn't I define will say me. Internally, it totally was like the, one of the biggest or maybe the biggest like identifying thing for okay, me. Okay, right. cool. Um, outwardly though, I was, <laughs> you're going to laugh. Um, I was ASB president. Uh-huh. I was drama club president. Right. It, I was, not, it is not surprising. I was, the, mar- not I was the marching band drum major. I was like literally president right. of everything I could right. be president of That's because awesome. I had, it's awesome on the outside, right. <laughs> but it means that I'm like half-assing everything. Right. It right. means okay. that like my attention and I was like on the swim team for a year. Whoa. It's like, right. it's like when you try so many things and you try to be the best at everything, then like you literally cannot do it. You become a yeah. jack of all trades. Master of none, right? Right. Yeah. Like fuck that cliche, but right. it's, it's, it's true. also like yeah. you it's probably got some good like organization skills from that, and like managing yeah, that's the true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, um, like being in charge yeah. of that many things. Um, but you were talking about being a jack of all trades. Was there what does like your ego? play play into that being mm-hmm. like oh i'm just gonna like go around and kill it at everything yeah. or are you just like <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah no it's i mean fuck yeah, yeah. like that you just absolutely hit the hit the nail on the bud hit the nail on the bud hit language the is about commu- we know yeah. what you meant language we knew is about what you communication meant. Yeah. Yeah. on the yeah. head yeah. Is, hit the nail on the head oh god fuck me right. <laughs> and then, yeah you got it exactly right, right. But, but but then <laughs> you came to western mm-hmm. and like was it just like humble pie when you came to Western or was it? A little it, bit. Yeah. Yeah. I would say like, I mean, I still obviously like looking back at my college career, I still tried to do that. Yeah. I did it in a, maybe a smaller scope because the campus is so much bigger. Sure. Yeah. Like, but I still like tried to, I try to be AS or not ASB president, but right. like STP president. Right. I tried to be on the dead parrots. I tried right. to like be them. I had three concentrations in my right. major, like, which oh is my stupid. Gosh. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Uh, it doesn't even show up on your diploma. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. All the theater yeah. majors that are currently yeah. at Western yeah. don't fucking yeah. do that. The concentration's like, no one knows about that. You can put that. whatever yeah. you want on your yeah. resume. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you don't no even one need, checks that honestly, shit. Honestly, like, you don't need a degree yeah. in anything to apply to anything. Exactly. Just yeah. say you have the one degree. One of the most yeah. successful <laughs> actors I've ever met, or at least that I've known personally, was Connor Pearson, and he's he's like... Elder Cunningham on the Broadway tour of Book of Mormon. <laughs> right. He didn't even fucking graduate, y'all. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, he didn't? No. What? Although, um, this is a conversation he and I had, which is you actually only have to attend a college to be an alumni. You don't have to graduate. It's like awesome. Technically, you are so an you alumni. So you can just say, like, WWE alumni. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, he, I, did not I think know in that. his That's first like, biographies, he was just saying he left Western in twenty. And it's like, it's like yeah. you think he graduated? <laughs> you think he never actually said that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think like that definitely ego played, and like I did this like senior. Um, uh, they call them personal performances. Right. I'm sure you're aware of that yeah, whole yeah. thing. Um, and mine was all about legacy because I'm just right. so fucking obsessed with myself. Right. What? <laughs> that I'm like, what? I'm. I was so worried that like. 
the what I was doing was not permanent enough that I wasn't right. going to be remembered. <laughs> right. Like that, that's seriously yeah. what it was about. And Some I Game of Thrones at, shit. I know. Yeah. And I, I laugh Everything about it Game now because it's just like it's so ridiculous. Where does that come from? Is my big uh, therapy question. Like, yeah. it's like, where is that rooted in anything, or is it just like I'm just I'm just crazy and I want my name on. I want to pee on everything and. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think Chris was here. The on first, that. the first thing is is honestly being like a straight white man. That's okay. the biggest thing, and the reason is that um, things like opportunities open for me that I never even thought like about yeah. my race. Like I didn't honestly perceive my race mm-hmm. until after I was out of college. Right, mm-hmm. and so it's like I think I I see this trajectory where like things were opening up for me, and so I just would take it. Right. It's like, oh, I can do that. I'll do it. Yeah. And I'll do it better, you know, okay. or I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll take it from someone else like right. because I deserve it. And then it's like you hit college and I learned like you can't just have things handed to you. You have to work for them. Right. But then it would still like I would work like not as hard as someone else and it would still uh-huh. happen for me. Mm-hmm. Right, and so like right. now I think now I'm finally getting that idea of like you work hard and also you have to be a good person. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I think on the other side, it's it's like it's not having like any sort of consistent male role model to show me like what being a confident and like secure, like man. Right. Is. Okay. Like my mother is wonderful. God bless her. Uh-huh. I don't believe in God, but God bless her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't listen to this mom. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and, but like, I, it's like not having a consistent male role model, not having like a whole home for a lot of the time, uh-huh. no matter how hard, you know, she would try. Right. And, also being a chubby kid okay. like, makes okay. all, like this cocktail of right. like needing approval. Gotcha. Totally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, and yeah. And like, le- and like leaving behind something for everyone else to see, but like yeah. pointing at it and that's yeah. like, Hey, this is here forever. Look what I did. Yeah. yeah. My, I, my name is on like certain awards in my high school where I'm like, I know that shit's still there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, I mean also living in my brother's shadow too, like all like, oh, okay. people knew who he was. Cause right. he was like a pretty like well-known band kid and like, mm-hmm. right. Like all his people English like, teachers. Oh, you're, oh, you're so-and-so's brother? Like, yeah, yeah, like, well, yeah. And also because we have a really unique last name. So it's right, like, it ends right. up being this thing's like, oh, you're Michael's brother. And it's right. like, yeah. My name's Chris. I'm Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for my sister. They got that too. Like, yeah. Yeah. You, you don't forget that name. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's true. That's true. And it's like for better or worse. But yeah. yeah, it ends up creating this like storm of like, I'm going to make, I'm going to make sure that people fucking know my name, you know? Right. And it, and it ends up like being kind of, Toxic for other people around me. Well, it's going to be immortalized on this podcast forever. <laughs> All right. For, for me, it was just like, oh, are you so and so's? Insert any Asian person. <laughs> 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 are you so and so's brother? Like, oh like, like, it's like, oh, oh what about shit. this person? What about this person? What about this person? Like, I don't know. Like, any I was of like, them. there's a lot of these. Like, and the problem is, like, we could be like other races too. Like, a lot yeah, of white people exactly. have like, so, so <laughs> someone's yeah, sweating. Like, like, are you so and so's brother? Hey, John, you know what my middle name is? It's Lee. It's Lee. It's Lee. It's great. So now we know we're related. L-E-I-G-H is another way to spell Lee. That's true. That's true. Or Lay. Lay. Before we get too much into the question. We gotta get to the question. Uh, So yeah, this is the question we ask everybody on the show. Uh, Do you deal with anxiety and or depression? And if so, how does that affect you creatively? Um, I have dealt with it. Mm. I don't think... I really haven't... 
I guess I should preface this with I've never been diagnosed with any of this. So right, right. This yeah. is all yeah, just me speculating yeah. based sure, off of yeah. my emotional intelligence, which right, is right. not high. <laughs> right. Um, th- there have definitely been, like, I think pretty much anyone in our generation probably has a struggle with that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Modern society. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And it's just like, we're all so much smarter, so much earlier in our lives. And it's like, right. how can you not um, deal with this kind of thing? That's so true. We're just like, we're just like inundated with like the all the information of the entire right. existence yeah. of humanity. Is like yeah. now we have to like know everything. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah there's um, a, have you seen the movie? Um, uh, is it Annie Hall? It's I've like, never yeah. seen that. It's like there's this like scene where it's like it's like Woody Allen as a kid. And this is before, anyway, Woody Allen, anyway. <laughs> and just, like, he's a kid and he's yeah. like, he's like six and he's like depressed. He's like, at the doctor's office, he's depressed. And the doctor's like, why are you so sad? And he's just like, well, the universe is expanding. <laughs> and, like, yeah. and one day the sun yeah. is going to explode. Yeah. Like, and that's kind of like how kids are now. They're just yeah. like information overload. Yeah, it's like a hundred years ago, not? no one knew that shit. Yeah. Nobody, nobody cared. Man, exactly. when I learned that like every star system is like going farther and farther away mm. from ours, like at, a, at an exponential rate. I was like, oh my God, right, yeah. we're all going to die alone. Like, yeah. <laughs> I have this really early memory yeah. of asking my mom, like, hey, like, you know, if God's always existed, like, when did he start? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I just like, yeah. have, like these yeah. big existential questions. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. When I, was, I, was, I was like six. Yeah. I shouldn't be thinking no, about really. that. When you're really little. Yeah. And now yeah. with the internet, just like, I don't know how people get out of bed in the yeah. morning, but yeah. Um, uh, but I would, so uh, I would say like I I've definitely dealt with it. Right. I think it has it has impacted my creativity mm-hmm. uh-huh. in like negative ways. Like sure. Just because like the the biggest way that it affected me was like lethargy and yeah. like uh-huh. and, and loneliness particularly, which I think is like probably the most characteristic things that I've seen. Totally. So right. that's why I'm guessing that's what I was suffering from. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and usually like my response to that is like, I need to be around people. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, so like when I'm, <laughs> when I was like single for six months and I was like doing a lot more of like drinking and like smoking and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, and just being around people because I didn't want to be alone by myself. Right. Like that, that's the kind of thing that I think it, it affected me as. Totally. Right. Um, yeah. but the, I have, I would say like when I step into a rehearsal room, it's like, that's the shit that I live for. Totally, yeah. So I, I have a hard time focusing on, like, how I'm doing. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's, if it's a, like, a training thing or just, like, that's how I work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, like, there's so much joy in, in mm-hmm. working on art for me um, that, like, it's, it's hard for me. Like, it kind of just goes away. Totally, yeah. No, um, I, I definitely feel that. Like, when I'm... It's it's interesting because for me there's like almost two different types of like depression that I think are still kind of like from the same thing. But sometimes I can go and do improv, and that's the one thing I need to like yeah. get me out of right. my head. And I'm just like, okay, I'm no longer me. I'm like part of this like bigger like whatever this energy that's going through all these like characters and like these stories. Um, but then sometimes I'll go and do improv, and just like making myself that vulnerable when I'm feeling that depressed makes it worse. It's yeah, like it's yeah. we- it's weird, but yeah, no, I totally get that. Of like you know you're you're in like this is the thing that you're alive for. So how could you feel bad doing this kind of yeah yeah. Um, can you uh, speak to how being a creative person and then how and being sometimes depressed affects your relationships, whether that be with like your uh, a girlfriend or just friends in general? Because you're talking about like, oh, I like I can never be alone. 
And that can be dangerous because then the people around you just become like these crutches to serve <laughs> yeah. you. Like, cause yeah. I never want to be alone. It's not really about like spending t- like quality time with that person. Yeah. Just, I don't know. Like how does, how does just being a creative person affect just relationships in general? I, I think about my really, I'm like my idea of relationships has changed right. so much yeah. right. that it's, I can tell you like how, how I felt about like relationships at any given moment in my life. Mm-hmm. And like, um, for, so for example, like when I first saw Goodwill hunting, I thought right. that movie is amazing. Yeah. I really do like it. Right. Um, yeah. It's like what, like almost 20 years old now. Yeah, yeah. It's like um, old. The first time I saw it at the end, I was like, like, this feels really good, but also what the fuck? Like yeah. he's just driving across <laughs> the country <laughs> for a girl. Yeah, right. That's bullshit. Yeah. Right? But now I watch that and I think it's fucking beautiful. Uh-huh. <laughs> I really do. It's, it's like right. my whole idea of, of like, what what we do for other people um has changed uh-huh. and it's like totally, yeah um and i think that like when i'm going through uh a, 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 i want to call it a bout of depression that right, doesn't right. seem that doesn't seem right but right. that's how yeah, i'll yeah. say it sure um i tend to like just want to like fix myself mm-hmm. and, sure, then, sure. and then my attention isn't on the other person uh-huh. and it, that just that relationship suffers right. and, I, and i would say like in those moments of like I just need to be around people. Right. I honestly am so absorbed in what I need uh-huh. that I, I couldn't even tell you if they're annoyed with me or not. Like, right. Yeah. It, it's, it's, that's when I, that's when I get the blinders. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, like horse blinders <laughs> yeah. like is when, and then, yeah. And that's like my entire life up until I was like 22, 23 mm-hmm. is just a, a series of just me doing whatever the fuck I wanted, trying to right. learn how to learn, like, I still, again, really have a low emotional intelligence (laughs) and, and like so little permanence, Uh like everything I do is so ephemeral. And is that the right word? Uh, ethereal, maybe ephemeral might be right as well. Uh, I know what you meant. I know in in Slay the Spire, a video game, there's ethereal cards that disappear if you don't play them. Okay, there we go. That's like (laughs) another video game. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Yeah, it's like so much of my life is not permanent that it's like I feel like my entire life has just been like this series of probably hurting people and not even knowing it. Uh huh. Yeah, so so I would say. Negatively. Negatively. Right. <laughs> Perfect. That's a great spot to end yeah. the second yeah. act. Oh, good act. <laughs> Negative. Ne- uh, bad. <laughs> it's All been right. bad. How does it go? (laughs) Now it's inorganic. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) No, actually the best, I think, yeah. The best Mario Bros. theme was number two. Mario Bros. 2. Like from the Doki Doki Panic. Yeah, it's not even Mario. That's the restated Doki Doki Panic. And they ripped off the song. 
What? Wait, you, so okay, so you're blowing my mind. Wait, do you know, so Super Mario Two? I mean, it is te- it's Mario now? This but, is the we're talking about the one where Daisy can like yeah drift yeah, exactly. And so there's a reason that game is so different from all other Mario games. It's because uh, Super Mario Bros. Two was actually released in America on the All Stars Pack as uh, Super Mario: The Lost Levels. What? Um, but the original version of it was determined to be too hard for the American audience, <laughs> so they took this Japanese yeah, exclusive game Sorry. called Doki Doki Panic and they reskinned it to be Mario and that's what you know is Super Mario Bros. 2 oh and I still love God. that game like, no, that game is amazing. Have you played like the actual Mario Bros. 2? Yeah. Yeah yeah. Is it good? It's Is it really hard? It's brutal it's basically it feels like a ROM hack origi- of the original Mario <laughs> game like there's just like this one level where you see like two Bowsers and like it's crazy. Two? And I'm sorry what? Well, like you'll run through a part of the level. Are we going? Uh, yeah, we are. Okay. Uh, there's like this one part where you run over and you just see Bowser like jumping below you, like the Bowser boss fight. Like that, yeah. you actually just—it's it, one of like the final levels. So I guess once you beat the first eight worlds, you go into like the post game, and they can just all rules are off. Like there's oh no rules. God. It's just like we're gonna put a water level, and Bowser's gonna be in the water, and like there's just like crazy stuff. I don't like that. And there's uh, there's a level in the game where you know those spring like the spring jumps that you yeah. have to like jump on and you can like fly super yeah. far so there's one level where there's wind blowing you which affects like the physics of you jumping and you have to oh go between like platforms that are like barely bigger than the springboards and you have to jump and you have to do like a leap of faith like as far <laughs> as you can <laughs> and land perfectly on another spring jump you have to time the jump to be able to go high enough to like the next one and it's just bullshit like it's, oh my God. it's so, so it makes sense you why know what though <laughs> the mechanics of like wind affecting you in the air in mm-hmm. the 90s yeah that's pretty yeah, great. That's, yeah. Oh, good I love I love the game yeah. I, I like mean uh I think it was when I it was when I was in the dorms at Western. Um, yeah. Me and my friend Bryce would just, we had Mario Mondays and we'd get drunk and play Mario games. And yeah. so we we got through <laughs> the great. entirety of uh, Super Mario Bros. The Lost Levels. Uh, <laughs> best Star Wars film. Oh, that's too is hard. Objectively, too hard. oh no, I think oh I thought objectively it was, we all know the. Answer. I think it's the yeah, new one. Okay. Ready? One, one, two, two three. Uh, Empire, Empire Strikes what's, Back. What's the new one? Nailed it. No, <laughs> nailed it. Yeah. The yeah. last Airbender. The last Airbender. Last Jedi. I think the last Jedi. I think that's the best one? Star Wars movie. Because I think it's it's I, a new kind of Star Wars movie. All right. I was gonna say. The Last Jedi is it loses the magic for me. I, see, for me, Ooh, loses the, magic. the thing That's, I like about Star Wars yeah. is that it's the hero's journey, right? It's like right. this iterative, iterative storytelling where mm-hmm, it's like the mm-hmm. same beats get hit and the same like kind of like conflicts happen forever, right. and that's what I think is interesting. I feel like they didn't really solidify that until the new trilogy. Like, the new trilogy is, like, the reboot, and I loved how, uh, what was the first one of the new trilogy? Force Awakens? Force Awakens. Force Awakens was so good. A big criticism of it was that it was beat for beat the same. Right. I thought New Hope. Yeah. I thought what was was so brilliant about it was it was this cyclical storytelling of, like, look, we got this new generation of, like, kids coming in and, like, pushing out the old generation, and they're doing the same stuff, but they're doing it their way, and it's like, I don't know. I thought that that, that's really powerful storytelling. In my opinion and that's why i thought uh the last jedi was so powerful is because it really doubles down on that and like tells these cyclical stories and really gets into these like characters and like these legacies is what's really interesting about it to me of like these right the the mythos of like the jedi from the past and like the story that we got to see in the other movies is now just like handed down to these kids and they have to like live with this kind of like peripheral knowledge of like what right. happened before no, them. Yeah, that's, that's I, I think really, that's so cool. That's an apt analysis. I would say last Jedi. So last Jedi for me, 
it, it it totally is changing direction mm-hmm. for the entire franchise. Yeah. To totally, me. yeah. But I think in yeah. a really good way. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, Star Wars is a lot about uh, pattern breaking, yeah. too. Like Luke yeah. Skywalker being like not following in the footsteps. Right. Of his. Well, it, it, yeah, it's yeah. like yeah. It, it, to me the new the newest one uh, felt like this is like a, the cheesiest way to do it was like that's the millennial Star Wars. Like it's like the, all the kids in that seem like millennials because they resent right. like the old fuckers that are just yeah, like controlling right. things and they're like, look, I'm just yeah. here to live my life. Fuck up. Right. Like, Let me do what I want to do. Yeah, I that's think, true. I yeah, that I didn't so think cool. about that. Yeah, it, yeah, it does. Yeah, I just I, it's like it's so interesting. I think we have to acknowledge that the whole storyline with. What's his name? Rose and and Finn. Yeah, like doesn't Ray, actually Ray do Finn? anything, which is like frustrating. <laughs> but I'm also like, like on one side, I'm like, it feels like maybe like green storytelling. But at the uh-huh. same time, at the very same time, I'm like, I mean, it's kind of cool that like they try something and it doesn't work out. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it's yeah. like not magically totally. part of this yeah. solution. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, well, and that's that's why I like that they're getting new directors is because I I feel like. All my issues is like, like I do like the original trilogy and like I actually think that there is merit to some like there's aspects of the prequels that I like, um, but I think that like the th- the thing I dislike the most about the original trilogy is how like like magical like it, it feels like nothing can go wrong like mm-hmm. everything's gonna be like this per- we're gonna figure it out and like yeah. uh, it feels more like off the rails in the new trilogy to me of like, okay, things could go wrong. We don't really, like, we don't have right. it under control. Like, it's not this, like, I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase it, but it's not like this. Well, I think about context, too. It's just yeah. like, the original trilogy, like you said, broke a pattern. It's like, Empire Strikes Back, it was like, oh, shit. Right. We lost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's like, yeah. It's like, oh, fuck. And then, That's but a good I think point. about, like, yeah. just like, the time in history is so important to when these mm-hmm. movies came out. Oh, right? absolutely, And yeah. especially just, like, in my life, I was still seven when fucking uh, Phantom Menace came out. So right. even though it's, like, objectively, like, the worst Bad, Star yeah. Wars, <laughs> I love yeah. that movie. Total, I, right. And Pod Racing is right. so Now cool. this is Pod Racing. Right. Yeah. It's like, fuck that Jake it's guy that was the actor. But, yeah. like, yeah. Pod Racing is the shit. Qui-Gon Jinn might be the coolest shit I've ever lived. <laughs> right. like, Darth Maul is, like, right. fucking awesome. And Natalie awesome. Portman was my, straight up my first celebrity crush. Like, <laughs> right. yeah. These are the things I grew up with. So totally. there's, like, certain nostalgia that will never, ever and be Hugh broken. McGregor, like, ah, just kills it. <laughs> yeah. Like as anyway, I, I was thinking about the prequel prequels the other day. Like the pacing of the prequels is so bad. Yeah. Like yeah. The Phantom Menace, and then like ten years later, Attack of the Clones, yeah. and then another five years later, Revenge of the Sith. It's like three years even. It's like or not something even like five. that. It's like yeah. no trilogy. Yeah. I can't think of a single trilogy that's like paced that awkwardly. Toy yeah. Story three. Toy Story. Came out ten, there was ten three. years transpired Whoa. between Toy well, Story two and three. It was actually ten years, right? It was actually yeah, ten years, exactly. and so then the characters so progressed. So it made sense. But uh, here's but, like, what I think: the reason that that happened was, right. and I'm not. This isn't a defense. It's just what I think happened. Yeah, yeah. Right. George Lucas was like, we should look at Darth Vader as a kid, right. and then he was like, which is like, shit. What do we? Dude, yeah. <laughs> no, right, I, yeah. I don't even think it's a bad. Like people give that like it, the premise of that is bad, and I disagree. Right. I think the premise of that is cool. Like yeah. I don't know. I like getting backstory to my characters. Who's the most interesting character in Star Wars? Darth Vader. 
Okay, right. let's do a fucking story about his upbringing. Well, maybe right. you don't agree with that. Right. <laughs> I feel like I'm looking at your face. You're like, maybe not. Well, I, like, I'm not sure. Okay. No, but like, I, I can, I can, I can like accept that as being yeah, someone's, right. yeah. someone's feelings. Like, I think, I think that the prequels there should have been like yeah. three movies of like Revenge of the Sith, just like in three separate movies, and then mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Anakin as a kid could have just been like a flashback. Like Phantom Menace could have easily yeah. just been like yeah. a All flashback, flashback. Yeah. and think, it's fine. Like, like we didn't have, have to have pod racing. The problem is like Star Wars is so popular that like there's no consistent like fan base desire from what the franchise yep. should be right? right so like the the prequels i think are interesting because there's like political conflict going on like there's a lot right. of cool like the underlying stories of the prequels are more interesting to me than yeah like, like the, the actual, actual political story. like systems yeah that were introduced you're like holy shit and here's the other thing that is really good about the prequels is that we find out how much of a fucking long con Palpatine is. You're like, oh my god, this guy's been doing this for 20 years. (laughs) He has been fucking 20 years in the making and now he's the emperor. That is, it's so impressive to me. And also just like, I think the reason that I fell in love with Star Wars, not just because like my dad loved it and introduced Mm -hmm. it to me as a kid and then the prequels came out when I was right at the right age, you know, but it's also that like I fell in love with the universe of Star Wars. I played all the like PS2 games, like Bounty Hunter is like actually an incredible game. Um, I played like Jedi power battles, like all these these incredible things that like explored the universe of Star Wars mm. and that's actually what I like like I actually I think the storylines that are in the movies are are great and right, they're right. what are like seminal about it mm-hmm. but the universe and like the rules that have been created for sure that's yeah, what I right. care the, about like the lore and everything yeah is really so like the fact yeah. that they're making new stories within that same universe is why I'm still on board totally yeah right. you know yeah I mean like, I mean going back to The Last Jedi there was something every one through seven Star Wars has like this X factor and maybe you guys can answer this where it's just like there's something magical about it that sets it apart from other sci-fi franchises mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Star Trek or Battlestar Galactica and for some reason The Last Jedi lacked that and I don't know why it just yeah. it felt more like a Star Trek film or a Battlestar Galactica or I agree with something that. like that. I actually yeah. agree with that because yeah. it's like more it's definitely more it feels like I don't want to use the word gritty but that is kind of how it feels. Right it was just yeah. I, it just didn't have that Heart. I, I don't know what I it was. disagree. Yeah. I, I think I don't know oh, what man, it was. It's, it's the less spiritual in the relationship. Yeah, yeah. That's what I like. See, that's yeah. again, that's yeah. a very millennial thing. Like right. our generation yeah. is rejecting religion by and large, and yeah. so it's right. interesting yeah. to see like these kids not give a shit about the way of the Jedi. Like they don't care right. about yeah. the Force. They're like, get right. rid of that fucking yeah, Jedi. Right. Code. It's like it's like even uh, <laughs> just give her the lightsaber. Yeah, that's true. yeah. <laughs> like true. even the characters that are Force sensitive, like don't care. Right. Kind of like whatever. Which is interesting. But but here's why I think you really said something interesting which is that there's so many different like ideas of what it should be. Like right. fans have all these different opinions. So I think it's kind of dope that they're not like trying to just appease people. They're totally, like, yeah, no, right. we got an idea. We're just going to run with it. Like, yeah. Right. And what's his name? Like Ryan Johnson. Is that the yeah, guy? Ryan yeah. Johnson. Yeah. Ryan right. Johnson. How do you say it? Yeah. Um, he's like writing, right? So, or mm-hmm. directing maybe. Uh, but he, he's not doing, it's his concept. He's getting his own trilogy heard. actually, but uh, is he I think, really? I think is the he? next oh, one, shit. Oh, wow. <laughs> the next one is going to be, what's his face? J.J. Abrams. Yeah. 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 But he's, I think he's getting a trilogy. I'm not sure if he's getting like the next main, 
trilogy, but he might be getting like one of the spin-off trilogies. Yeah. Right. I've also loved J.J. Abrams since Lost. Like, oh, that's, yeah, right. that's oh, my shit. John won't watch it. Yeah. Can tell him he has I, to. I just no, don't want to don't. be disappointed. Here's the thing. You no, can end at yeah. the end. Season Kevin, three. He's going to be disappointed. Yeah. It's a character-driven okay, show. Yes. And the, season, the myth through season three is interesting. I mean, is it a kind of show that I can just like stop watching at the end of season three, or do I have to see it to the end? Like, kind of. I think. You'll feel like you want to keep You'll watching. Feel yeah, You'll need the resolution. I have no self-control. Here, here's the thing. Is like, <laughs> I, have no I, I will say that the first the first two seasons are like groundbreakingly good. Yes. Right. Like, like character, character driven right. TV. So fucking good. Like uh, yeah. the second episode. Is that Walkabout? Is the second episode? It, it's like more, John yeah. Locke's thing? Yeah, yeah, it's early. I'm it's not sure. It's one of the best episodes of any show that exists. And okay. the pilot, so, it's so one good. of the strongest pilots of any mm-hmm. show. Like it just draws you in. scale of one to Breaking Bad. How amazing. The pilot is better than Breaking Bad. Here's the thing I think, yeah. I agree. I uh-huh. agree that the pilot is better. I think probably the first season is better. Uh-huh. Yes. But I, I it could agree with that, totally actually. totally nosedives after Ooh. season uh, three. I disagree with nosedives. that. Nosedives, like, like a plane. Here, here, <laughs> I like Again, the, context, like it started in 2004 uh-huh. when things were different. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Grey's Anatomy was just starting. Right. <laughs> TV was right? bad. That shit's yeah. still on, right? Yeah. yeah. So, it was so, like before the, whatever, the new golden age of TV. Yeah. So, like, it was developing what an hour-long drama should be. Totally. And so, right, right. so back then, it, like I was watching it as it was coming out, so mm-hmm. I was like blown away. When it was network too, like HBO was putting out good <laughs> stuff. Like the, I think The Wire and The Sopranos had come out, but they were like mm-hmm. paving yeah. the way for like that kind of format. And yeah. then network TV had on ABC. Did, yeah, right. it was AB, yeah, it's ABC. Crazy. It's nuts. And to give it like such a that yeah, was yeah. on ABC. Mm-hmm. And oh, I will say, weird. a lot of people, I'm kind. I wouldn't say I'm like a diehard fan. A lot of like even true fans of the show will tell you that the ending is bullshit. And right. I disagree. I disagree so strongly yeah. that it's bullshit. Yeah, I, I, think, I disagree just, too. I think it's a great ending. The right. I don't. Well, okay. I don't think it's objectively a good ending, but I do look <laughs> at the. I remember the penultimate episode and being like, "How the fuck <laughs> are they going to finish this?" Yeah. And then the last episode, I'm like, "Damn, that's the only way." That's right. the only way the writers could have done it. Well, and my you know? uh, my biggest gripe with the finale is that Saeed was awakened by Shannon, who is the worst character yeah, on the show yeah, yeah, of all time. Their yeah. relationship is bullshit. It's great that she died early on. Anyways, that's the whole. Sorry, yeah. that's spoilers, but that show is old Shannon now. Shannon sucks. Yeah. Boone is almost as bad. Probably worse. I kind of liked him, but he never had a redemption yeah. arc. He could have had a redemption arc and been like less of a shithead. But yeah, Boone. Boone. He's like Boom. the first major character death on the show, I think. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, yeah. that's the other thing is that they don't really hold back. They do kill off yeah. pretty much. It's everybody. like it's very right. like, and it's not yeah. what you think that they're dead the whole time. I don't think that's true. Oh, I think no, it's up for it's, interpretation. It's explicitly but, not true. Okay, actually, there you go. that's I had to explain the ending to so many people because like so many people were just like, I can't believe they were in purgatory the whole time. You're like, it was You're so full of shit. Did you watch it? Yeah, there's no one was. The flash sideways was not purgatory. Like are that. I'm sorry. Actually, I need to clarify. The flash sideways was purgatory. But that's right. not where they were for the but entirety we of the show. We only saw them in the last season, right? Yeah. So that was purgatory. The <laughs> island itself was just a real existent place. It, uh, they had the stupid. Oh, so they man. had a great cork metaphor, and then it literally was a cork. The island is the cork <laughs> that prevents the evil from seeping into the world. But then and the there was a great up. metaphor, and then they crawl into this little fucking cave, and it, there's literally just a cork, and they they pull, yeah, that pull was, it and plug it in or whatever. That was a little much. That but, was a, yeah. So you know what though, mm. Lost gave us <laughs> Lost gave us, and I don't know if he was in any shows before this he michael emerson is the guy who plays benjamin what's his name yeah i, just, I forgot, I forgot their name. names but, yeah, but 
Michael Emerson is this amazing actor. <laughs> yeah. I would want to see him in Shakespeare. Dude, I've he heard was he's, so I've good in that show, too. Uh, like, Shakespeare. I like, heard he did Shakespeare. Okay, and I cool. was like, that sounds dope. Yeah. He, um, he's one of the best TV villains, I think. Like, yeah, that's written, yeah. like, of, like, making him sympathetic and also just, like, very, very evil. He was in a, in a show right after the bat. Person remember. of interest. Person of interest. Yeah, I never watched it, but yeah, he's interesting. But I will say Breaking Person Bad. Person of interest. He's interesting. <laughs> Breaking Bad is a better show. Breaking Bad is definitely a better show. And like the, I think it's a tighter. It has it's a, oh, through. this dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, a, yeah, t- yeah. a more tightly written show, but this yeah. is like. I, again, I think Lost, you have to go into it. Like, think like the lore and the mythos of it is interesting, but yeah. the draw of the show is the characters and yeah. the relationships between them. Yeah, because people yeah. spend so much time trying to figure out what's going on that they right. like forget that what they're actually doing is learning about people. Yeah, and that's right. the most important yeah. part aspect of the show. And that's what the ending, like, I think it's disappointing because it doesn't, it's not the big, like, epic ending I think right. everyone wanted to like, I, show I, I like just this, heard that they kind of write themselves into a corner. Uh, kinda, I like, wouldn't even say that. Yeah. I just I mean, think people just didn't so understand. Many loose ends. Season 5 was just weird, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was just like a weird tonally... Because it was all falling action. I like. I actually yeah. think, Doesn't it shift, like, showrunners partway through? I, uh, I heard I that too, think, I think. You know? I think okay. so, yeah. Well, there was a writer's strike in season 3. That's right. right. Yeah, that was the yeah, big yeah. thing. So their season got cut short. And then, like... Season 4 and 5 are really short, too. Yeah, yeah. That's why Breaking Bad... The first season of Breaking Bad is only, like, 5 episodes. It's just the writer's strike. Oh, that's yeah. right. Oh, man, the writer's shit. strike yeah. ruined yeah. That was like 2004, 2005? It also ruined... Breaking Bad 2008. Friday Night Lights oh. season two is garbage oh my because gosh, of the writer's so strike. Bad. That was the writer's... Yeah. And, okay, I guess yeah. the writer's strike is good I because they show a straight show. I I saw the like original movie. There's like some right. shows on TV right now that I've heard are like... Right. Well, yeah, it's like... Are we, changing we, everything. It, did we like reach the tipping point that's like there's just too much stuff uh, out there? Or is it is it still... Well, no, because Atlanta is like the best show ever. Atlanta is insanely good. Like I can't believe it. How do you watch? I this thing is I don't feel like I consume that much like TV. Um, I just like don't well, do anything else. Well now, yeah. <laughs> well, now, well now, cause since there's so much stuff out there, it needs to, like my my standards have raised so high. Like yeah. if it doesn't like wrap my attention within the very first episode, I'm like, ah, there's there's other shit out there. Like I mean, once you've gotta, seen Breaking Bad all the way through, you're like, man, right, yeah, I need I to get hold this every, invested I hold in everything every show. to that standard. Yeah. Like, well, Better Call Saul is still on. That show is yeah, amazing. Call Saul Broad is so City good. is still on. That's amazing. I love Broad uh, City. The Punisher was incre- is incredible. It's yeah, like the only super underrated. It's like the only like superhero thing to come out recently right. where I'm like 100. percent You have to watch right. the Punisher. Mm. I think it's so good. Right. I just oh, don't man. think anyone will do that. Like I haven't seen it, so right. I, I can't really <laughs> talk about it. But I just remember the original Punisher movie with oh I haven't even seen what's that. his name oh, like uh, early two. It's like that yeah. era of like early 2000s Marvel films where they yeah. were doing like the Hulk Ele- and Electra like, and Electra and, like, and, like, well, like, like, and things like yeah. that. This was like a completely. Um, like different movie, it didn't feel like it didn't feel like any other superhero film because it, it felt actually kind of like a mafia movie, right? Um, hmm. and god, god, what was the he's definitely an anti hero, but Thomas it, yeah. Jane, <laughs> I don't know, who that I don't have no idea who that is. <laughs> you guys, yeah. he, he gets the Punisher, he like okay. really fucking gets it, and he made this like short film called like. Oh, what is it? It's like something bourbon or something. But he like it's like a short film. <laughs> okay. It's only like ten minutes long. But it's like him trying to pitch himself as the Punisher because they were trying to reboot it. <laughs> right. yeah. And it's like better than the next Punisher movie, <laughs> the entire feature film. That's so interesting. Like, That's it's great. so good. He gets it. And it's like, yeah. Anyway. Uh, what's his uh, what's the name what, of the actor? John Bernthal. Well, it's like John, yeah, yeah, John Bernthal. 
Yeah. He's perfect yeah. casting. I feel yeah, like there's like, some amazing. parts that like would yeah. really be cheesy, but John Berthold is God. so well so, cast like, that like it's just it's on point. Like he does these brutal things, like and and all the action sequences in that show are gross. Like right. it's just yeah. like brutal, disgusting, yeah. blood everywhere, Ugh. and it it doesn't romanticize it. It's just right. like. But like it, it and he's just like this animal when he goes he yeah. goes into these like this this mode where he's just like he can kill anybody like right. at any time and yeah. like and it's crazy. But then they really make him a sympathetic character and he has like a more it's like the only Marvel thing that actually has an interesting moral code because like Daredevil tried to have this thing where it's like, oh, he's like breaking the law, but he's doing the right thing. The Punisher, right. he no, doesn't Punisher, give a shit about yeah, the law. Punisher's he only gives, oh, he gives a shit about his personal code, and his personal code is a compelling one. And like, right. he'll yeah. only kill people who deserve it, but he, but he, he will make them the, suffer. He's like yeah. the judge, jury, and executioner. Right? Yeah. That's the yeah. whole idea. Right. Totally. Right. Right. And, exactly, and exactly. he's also, they, they do this, it's actually fairly subtle, uh, but they have like, you know, uh, like Daredevil has a lot of explicit Catholic like yeah. imagery. Right. And then in the Punisher, it's almost always exclusively like, a crucifix or something like he's he's huh. literally punishing himself by carrying these like these these issues on his back and it's it's his job to like suffer and like cleanse the world of like this evil it's kind of how right. it's how i interpret it is like and it's, right. it's That's fucking it's me. fucking yeah. cool man yeah. it's, it's such it's such a good show cool. i gotta go rewatch it because it's so good and it has really like it actually shows it has a great portrayal i mean this is coming from someone who has no firsthand experiences but it has a great portrayal from my perspective of uh uh, PTSD yeah. and like dealing there's like this whole storyline of like the, all the actors who like yeah. there is it's so well cast and it's yeah. like the, the, issue, the complicated issue of like you get these soldiers back who like we sent them to war and we trained them to be mm. these killing machines they come back they like a PTSD and then do a regular job yeah, yeah. Well, right. Or, or yeah, just exactly, like adjust, yeah. and then right. like there's the whole this whole storyline of like uh, like gun control being an issue, right. and then you see the kind of complexity of like these these soldiers who like all they have are their guns because we train right. them to know like that's their thing is right. that they have yeah. to like yeah. treasure it exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. exactly. And so then you get this conflict of this kid who's like, I need to have my guns, and like he right. kind of he's like just kind of going crazy, and it's like it's really cool, and it's handled that's like delicately, and I think it doesn't. Uh, like it's not afraid to step on like the toes of like liberals, but it's also not like pro gun at all. Yeah, and yet the whole yeah. show, like there's so much gun violence, but like <laughs> it never at any point to me felt like it was pro gun in pro. any way. Uh-huh. It just like said, Hey, this is it, like the way people feel about this is complicated right. because yeah, we're yeah, sending yeah. them to be soldiers. And then we expect them to come back and just like, you know, not care about this at yeah, all. And right. it, I don't know. It's interesting. And I thought I thought Watch it was really it. cool. Watch the bats are big plus. The <laughs> but that was a criticism. Yeah. I was like, people, I saw like this criticism of people who were like, there was <laughs> never an appropriate time for this show to come yeah, out. And right, I'm just like, yes, fuck. Like, like no, that means yeah. it was a good show. Yeah. Like if it pissed yeah. you off that you're like, this never should have come out. It's like right. you can't think critically. I think yeah. like I, I don't know. It's yeah. interesting how they yeah they they sh- they sympathize. You sympathize with people mm-hmm. who are like objectively doing bad things, but they do give you like this this like understanding of like, okay, but they also are like psychological, like psychologically they're wired to like, this is all they know how to be kind of so a it's thing. So it's like actually nuanced. Is yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like in a world of TV shows that are trying to be like Walter White copycats, you know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> oh, anti-heroes that like change throughout the season. Like put the Punisher, like that's, Oh man. I'm that's, that's so good. much yeah. about how John yeah. thinks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything is just like a version of Walter White. I'm yeah. just like, Oh, this is a military Walter White. Uh, <laughs> so we, I think we can wrap up there. Uh, sure. So before we, uh, Oh, do you have a favorite Cereal? Oh yeah, that's a question Favorite we like to get into. Yeah. Hot damn. Um, Hot damn. And I will evaluate it. Yeah. By the way, your opinion. That's really. <laughs> that's really tough. I would yeah. say it probably like. I've gone through phases. 
I would say I miss the fuck out of French Toast Crunch. Dude, it's back. Uh, yeah. They had they brought it back. What? Yeah, they brought so they yeah. had like the shitty version of it for a okay. while. They brought back legitimate French Toast Crunch. Okay, well, right. They're that's banking on the nostalgia. That's pretty good. Because that's how we get millennials. French Toast Crunch is a good is a good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I can accept. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cinnamon Life yeah. is actually what I usually. Like, yeah, dude. Buy. Okay, right. yeah. We like Cinema Life on this show. Yeah, we yeah. do. Yeah. We, 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 we reviewed it. Yeah, like, we did. <laughs> like, actually, we literally reviewed it. Yeah. We compared we regular compared life to Cinema Life. Yeah. yeah, and we concluded that they taste the same. <laughs> Cinema Life really? is, is slightly better. It's no. like it's like sli- it's like it's, it's milk activated, is what we said. Yeah. Like 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 if it's dry, they pretty much taste the same. Yeah, exactly. It's like the 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 thing that's so great about Cinema Life is that it smells like cinnamon, but like taste wise. Have you, it's ever made, almost have you ever made uh, deep fried ice cream? No. Uh, so, yes, I have. Well, so I've have. had it. But. So it's like you, like the idea is that you like put a ball of ice cream and right. you like, like wrap put, it in like wrap cake. it in like pound cake. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Or, or what we did was actually we did like crunched up cereal and like uh-huh. that kind of thing and okay. then froze it and then like when you fry it right. you get like fried cornflake and stuff it's awesome <laughs> that's, that's awesome yeah, and then we great. what we did is we like this was my roommates and I and we like would try different cereals so we did try like a cinnamon <laughs> toast crunch and vanilla oh, nice, ice cream nice. deep fried nice. ice cream and guys, fucking, <laughs> you have not That's, lived. There's <laughs> money to be made. Yeah. yeah, so. Uh, serial innovations here on the process. Is that a takeaway? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. So now we get to the takeaway. And what the takeaway is, if some, like, someone were to fast forward to just this clip, mm-hmm. uh, what mm-hmm. would you want them to be left with? It can be advice. It can be nonsense words. Like, it can just be what you want someone to be left right. with okay. from your episode. What's your audience, like, demographic? I, we don't, do um, we have one? <laughs> unemployed. Uh, unemployed. Uh, college, college, ki- yeah. college kids. Okay. Bellingham peeps. I, like There's to, some I'd, San Jose I'd, I'd like people out there. Are, we, we have uh, some non-dude audience members. You yeah. Know? Yeah. 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 Three or four. Yeah, like <laughs> three or four. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, my takeaway. So this is this is the point where you can fast forward to. <laughs> Yeah. Um, because, because that's what people like to do. That's what people do. Most of what I said is bullshit. <laughs> um, the takeaway is, um, if you are a white man, <laughs> man I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> then well, I'm one sixteen. You, need to, fucking, American, so. <laughs> you need to make space. And uh, and let John talk more. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, maybe if he wants to edit the podcast. <laughs> Single-handedly, uh, yeah. the best takeaway. No, I will just say, like, seriously, this is my actual takeaway, is disrupt the patriarchy. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah. Cool. And That's- white supremacy, because fuck... Sorry, that, I, that, I that, that was, no, that's that was a continuation. You don't have to apologize <laughs> for that. <laughs> yeah. oh, cool. Uh, you got anything to plug? Um, yeah, I will plug. Actually, um, I think it. I don't know how long it takes you guys to edit. And uh, probably come up on from Tuesday. One actually. to two. Years. I'm, re- I'm ready for this. Yeah. If it's before April, like 25, 26, um, there's a, a show I helped create last year called F- the Funhouse Anthology. Um, oh, Brian Taves cool. also yeah. like helped create it. He it was kind of his brainchild and it's going to be going up in its third iteration, April 26, 27, 28, I think. Cool. Um, they're like already sold out for like their main shows, but they added a late show. So cool. you should come Where to that. It? It's at the slate theater. There'll be another one is actually in Seattle or in, yeah, in Seattle. Okay, Sorry, cool, this cool, is cool. Seattle. Uh, so at the slate theater, in, we have an international audience. We so. do, well, this is in the international <laughs> district. So 
Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> uh, and then in October, uh, I'll be directing a piece for that same for the fourth iteration at Theater Off Jackson, also oh, cool. in the International District. Sweet, awesome, cool. You got any plugs, John? Uh, if you're in Bellingham, the Shakedown has a comedy open mic every Tuesday. Sign up at seven o'clock. You should come to, if you want to do stand up. Come to that. Cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, I've got a Twitter. You can follow me at K underscore Hoog. Uh, and that's it. That's Wait, what else do I got going on? No, you got kind of anything Nothing. else? Yeah, nothing. All well, right. He's tweeting like Chris. a motherfucker. <laughs> it's true. I am. Thanks uh, for being on our show. I yeah, thank you so much. It was, a, it was a fun time. Send off. off. I'm, I'm, I'm white. Come up, come up with a new <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm John. John Thanks, guys. Hit that. Okay. Thank you for listening to The Process. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, be sure to like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the process of John Kevin, or you can subscribe soundcloud.com slash the process of John Kevin, uh, or anywhere else that you find your podcasts. Uh, don't forget to pay us, patreon.com slash the process. Actually, retroactively, you're not yeah. allowed to listen to our podcast unless you've paid for it. <laughs> So please go ahead and do that. Also, another thing yeah, you can't... It's like going out to eat. It's like you listen to it and at the end, yeah, like, here's, here's the, the bill. bill. Yeah. You can tip us. Yeah. In fact, the tip is just what you give your tip to patreon.com slash khuge. Right. Whoa. 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 Yeah. Whoa. All right. <laughs> uh, and then join us next week for, uh, for who knows what's going to happen. Knows? It's a surprise. We have a big We're gonna surprise guest. We're going to go on guest. tour. We're going on process tour. On to- uh, I don't know. Uh, the process right. takes Portland. Portland. If John if you have anyone- schedules a tour for us. Hey, what do we I have to schedule it. the tour? Because I edit the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, goodbye. All right. See ya. Have a good day. All right.